The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory be to you, Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, There will be signs in sun and moon and stars, and upon the earth distress of nations in perplexity at the roaring of the sea and the waves, men fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, look up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. But take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life. And that day come upon you suddenly like a snare, for it will come upon all who dwell upon the face of the whole earth. But watch at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. The Gospel of the Lord. So we've been looking at this uh, specific gospel passage and these two, um, each half of today's gospel, we've looked at this past week on different days. Um, And so we've kind of delved in a little bit to that. But what we do have is a change of prophets now. We've had the prophet Daniel for this week, and then we've shifted uh, today to the prophet Jeremiah, sometimes referred to as the broken-hearted prophet, the broken-hearted prophet. And the reason he is brokenhearted is numerous if you read through um, the book of Jeremiah. But what we see then in the difference between these two prophets I think is important because the prophet Daniel shows us, as we saw this week, what it is to live in faithfulness when the persecution comes against God's people. So how do we live with faithfulness? But the prophet Jeremiah is slightly different because he is looking specifically at another cause of what can come uh, for the, and it might also be the reason why the Lord permits sometimes the persecution of his people is because of the infidelity of his people. And so the prophet Jeremiah, he preaches to the Israelite people for 40 years with very little effect, with very little effect. And so he is always preaching the words of God to them, but they do not take heed for the most part to his words. And so he sees all of the things like the infidelity in worship. He sees that the worship in the temple, as the Lord reveals to him, has become hollow. It's become hollow. So it means it has all of the appearances of being good worship, but in the interior, what God sees, it is no longer what the Lord desires. And then they also, there's different types of idolatry creep in amongst his people. And the idolatry is not necessarily things that are not holy. And it's interesting in the prophet Jeremiah because what you see is there is an idolatry that creeps into the heart of the people 
And it's that the temple actually becomes an idol. The temple is what they put all of their trust in and not in the Lord, not in God himself. And so there's all of these messages that the Lord gives through his prophet Jeremiah to his people, which they will not heed. And so he is in a certain sense, this broken-hearted prophet, this prophet who preaches the word to God's people, but they are indifferent to the word of God. They are indifferent to the Lord and what he is saying to them and trying to correct them. The fault is always something outside of themselves. It's never themselves, it's not them. But the word of the Lord is coming to them and calling them to look into themselves, to look into their worship, to look into their hearts, and to realign their hearts with God's word and with his will. And I think it's beautiful if you go for to the first chapter of the prophet Jeremiah and you see that initial vocation to Jeremiah, I think that's where you see a lot of, or we can gain a lot of very beautiful insights. And it's that line when the Lord comes to him and the first words that we hear of God speaking to the prophet Jeremiah, he says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And then he says, I consecrated you as well. Before you were born, I consecrated you and appointed you to be a prophet to the nations. The Lord says that to each of us because that is true for each of us. We are known by God and that knowing in scripture is deep, intimate knowledge. And the Lord knows us from all eternity, but it is our duty in this life to come to know him intimately. We are known. And our duty as Christians is then to come to know God and to do that with ardent love, to come to know him and to love him as we are already known and loved even before we were formed in the womb. Before we were born, we were also consecrated by God. That made official then when we are baptized and set aside for his purposes, filled with his grace, and then he appoints us to be prophets to the nations. What is a prophet? A prophet is someone who simply carries God's word to the people. We all have a prophetic appointment by our baptism where we are all priests, prophets, and kings of Jesus Christ. And that prophetic mission is to carry God's word to the people, but to implement it first in our own heart and in our own life because we cannot preach to others with that the things that we do not want to do ourselves. We cannot go to others and tell them to conform to God's word if we have not conformed to God's word ourselves. We cannot go to others and tell them how important God's word is if we do not give time to God's word every day. And so what happens then after the prophet Jeremiah receives this uh, beautiful, these beautiful words from the Lord calling him into this activity, he is shaken by his own weakness. He says, I can't do this. And so what the Lord does with the prophet Jeremiah is the same thing that he does with the prophet Isaiah. He says, he touches his mouth. And he says, there, I've put my words in your mouth. The word is that foundation and that strength for the prophet then to go out and to preach to go out and to convert others, to go out and to live according to God's will. 
Now we have what is even more intimate than what these prophets experienced. The Lord does not simply reach out and touch our mouths. The Lord rests upon our tongues in Holy Communion. The Lord enters into our interior in Holy Communion. He doesn't just reach out and touch us with a finger. He gives himself to us completely. We consume him completely. We receive the Lord completely. And also, he gives us his words. He doesn't infuse them into us like he does with the prophets, but he gives them to us through the scriptures so that we can take his words and that we can consume them, that we can imbibe them into our mind and into our heart so that we can be animated by them, directed by them. We have the same experience that these prophets, these great, wonderful prophets of God had, and we have it even more intimately. What they could only hold in hope, we have in reality. And so, for us then, what are we looking at in the other readings for today? So we have this promise then that the prophet Jeremiah gives. So as he might be losing hope because the people are not responding to the words of God, so the Lord gives this beautiful message. Behold, the days are coming. The days are coming. What are these days? St. Thomas Aquinas, in reference to these days, he says these refer specifically to the life of Christ on earth. The days. Not simply the days that are illuminated by the natural sun, but the days that are illuminated by the Son of God himself when he will come in his incarnation and shine out with his divinity upon the earth. Those are the days that we look forward to now in Advent, where we look forward to the celebration of the incarnation, the birth of our Savior, when the Lord will be born and the face of God will be seen by men. The days are coming, these beautiful days of hope, and so as the prophet Daniel was also an example for us of faith, the prophet Jeremiah is an example for us of hope, is that when things appear to be crumbling away, as things appear to be uh, being lost, he does not lose hope. He preaches God's word to an indifferent people, but he continues to do so. He perseveres in the mission that God has given to him, and that's what we are called to, to have the faith of the prophet Daniel, to have the hope of the prophet Jeremiah, and to look forward to the coming of the Lord, to look forward to those days where he dwells upon the face of the earth. Through the mystery of the Eucharist, those days are continued for us. The days that the Lord was upon the earth continue. He is here with us in the Blessed Sacrament, and the radiance of the Son of God continually shines out upon us. As we look forward to Christmas, to the Incarnation, to the coming of Christ, we also are aware of the fact that He is already here. He is already with us, present to us, in the beautiful mystery of the Blessed Sacrament. And so as we come to Mass today, 
and we receive this intimate communion with God, greater than all the prophets received, we should respond with gratitude and thanksgiving. And in the moments after we receive Holy Communion, that's when we ask the Lord, increase our faith, increase our hope. But most importantly, as we see in the second reading for today, may he increase us to abound in love. Charity, love is the one thing that continues on into eternity. Love is greater than all the other things. And so what St. Paul says in his letter to the Thessalonians today, may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all men, as we do to you, so that he may establish your hearts unblameable or blameless in holiness. That's such an interesting line, because normally we refer to blamelessness according to the law. Someone is blameless according to the law when they have done nothing against the law. Someone is blameless morally when they act also according to the moral law. But blameless according to holiness is that there is nothing in us that is blameworthy according to perfect love. So we're not simply called to obey the law. We are called to live in perfection of love. How do we do that? Well, we can only do that by an act of God in us that we submit to by his grace. That is the last line from the first reading today. The Lord is our righteousness. Righteousness in scripture is not something that we do. In fact, when someone claims to be self-righteous, that's exactly what the Lord detests. Righteousness is an act of God in us. He makes us righteous. And we open ourselves to receive that from him. And so we are called in this time of Advent, I think it's a beautiful time to now increase our desire for the Word of God Himself by spending more time with His Word. If there's something that you want to do during Advent to help prepare for Christmas, I would say spend more time with the Word. The more that we come to love the words of God, the more we will love the Word of God Himself. The words of God take us into the Word. And as we increase and abound in love, not only for one another, but for the words of God, so hopefully we increase and abound in love for him. And in that way, we can prepare truly for his coming, to stand before him where he is present with us now, but also to long for his second coming in judgment. Amen.